and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portstein with you on a Wednesday. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. And we have a special guest with us to kick off the 2020-21 season. That's hard to say. Uh, Jody Shelley, Fox Sports Ohio. One of the, I, I won't blush when I say it, one of the beloved Blue Jackets players through the years is here. Mr. Jody Shelley, welcome. Hello. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words right away. Nice to be here. I think it's all true. Uh, Blue Jackets settle their their roster, whatever that means, because they can still change it. There will be changes, of course. I think it's going to be crazy this season. We'll get you going on that in a, in a minute, Jody. But Miko Koivu, not on the roster, not yet really has landed anything. My sense is we'll get an update on him later tonight. He is not on the trip. He's not going to play. Uh, either the games in Nashville, I don't get the sense he's going to join them in Detroit either. Um, so the Blue Jackets have had to make, you know, what's new, a little switch here to start the season. Texier goes into the middle of the third line. Jenner on his left, Bemstrom on his right, and Mikhail Grigorenko, an offseason signing, goes into Texier's spot, at least where Texier was early in camp uh, on the number one line with Dubois and Bjorkstrand. Uh, one other bit of news I think that maybe raised some eyebrows today. Uh, Andrew Peak, the defenseman, is now on the Blue Jackets taxi squad. Uh, really, I think I, I I don't make too much out of this. I, this is a player that did not need waivers because of the, the amount of time he spent in the league or hasn't been in the league. Um, they didn't want to risk losing Gabriel Carlson or others. So Peak starts on the taxi squad. Uh, he's going to play some games this season, but it looks like to start the season, Dean Kukan. And Michael Delzato uh, will start on the, th- the uh, third pair. Um, let me get your thoughts first, Jody Shelley, and then we'll, we'll uh, ask you as well, Allison, your thoughts on training camp. It was a weird one. It was a short one. There were no exhibition games. Everything's a little bit different this year. What did you make of the camp? Well, I thought it was it was clean. You know what I mean? It was get yep. the business. There was no extra cuts. There was... Uh, it was kind of a predictable entrance into camp and a nice clean exit out of camp. Uh, I like the way they did the the inner squad games at night. I thought a couple guys looked tired, maybe the new guys. Koivu didn't really notice him too much in the game one. I liked him in game two a little better. Um, Gregorenko, I, I, to me, I, he noticed. I noticed him a little bit in game one. I thought he looked more noticeable in practice. I thought Peak had a good camp. Um, yeah. I thought he'd be in the lineup, uh, but I thought camp was good. I thought, you know, the advantage the Blue Jackets have is they've been together with their head coach who not only provides their identity, he's the face, still the face of the organization. They know what he expects. They knew where they fit in. They knew what was happening uh, in a lot of regards. And I think that puts them ahead to be able to tinker, work on the power play, work on the penalty kill, uh, work on some face-off things. You know, there's, there's, a, lot to, there's a lot to handle. When you have to introduce new players to new systems and new ideas, uh, I don't know if this is long enough. But for the Blue Jackets, I think there's unfinished business from the bubble. And I think this is – it almost feels to me like a continuation from what they just did in Toronto. Doesn't it, though? Allison, only really one weird day in camp where we showed up one day and what's going on? There's 17 guys missing. Most of them are back the next day. Uh, quick camp, not a ton of surprises. Uh, your thoughts on the week that was, the 10 days that were, if you will. Yeah, I, I like Jody's uh, description of it clean. I, I think what's interesting and, and and being a little selfish here, and maybe it's just me, but I think it's 
it's interesting to to not maybe have as many casual conversations as as people like us on on the media side are used to having. Um, to hear from the players, to to ask maybe more of the fun things. To and I know Jody, you get to do this on your radio show too. But you know, talk to the guys. Guys got engaged. Guys had you know life events happen. Um, a little bit harder maybe to get a true feel of what's going on in the room um, and amongst the players. Um, but, but again, I really like Jody's description clean. I felt that it was, it was focused. Um, it was, it felt very structured in a good way. Um, and other than the peak move, which again, makes sense contractually when you look at it from that angle, um, no, no real red flags for me. I think as Jody said, this is a group that is familiar with what they need to do, how they need to do it. And and now it's time for them to execute. Yeah. So I, I, one thing I think was cool this year is these guys knew, what camp was going to be or what camp couldn't be this year because of the brevity of it. So a lot of these guys uh, started skating earlier. And my sense is that the skates were maybe a little bit more organized and a little bit more pushed than they were in, in previous camps. They, in other words, they needed to get sort of camp before camp. And I think that goes, Jody, into what you were saying too. This isn't a team that needs to learn each other. Uh, and that's a huge that's a huge advantage coming into this, and I think it may may extend to something else too. Two years ago, this team went through Panarin and Bobrovsky, um, the drama that that was, and I think it's easy to forget now. But that team played like a ghost of itself for seventy games before it got going right at the end and took off. Um, what what do you think the players' perspective is in the Pierre Luc Dubois situation? His trade desire um what, what kind of ray ferraro was great the other day talking about a friend of the program ray ferraro by the way mm-hmm. talking about just how this is going to be such a disruptive season anyways that just add that to the list how, how big of an issue is something like that in the room from one player to the next yeah, Ray, the great Ray Farrell from NHL 20, as my son puts it, because I, I, I saw him on TV the other day, and my son quickly said, oh, yeah, he's on NHL 20, which is, you know, it's a nice, he's, he's fantastic. great. But, but, yeah, that's interesting. This, this whole thing, to me, I don't know how to feel about it. You know, and, you know when, I'm, when I'm thinking about it, and I'm, so first of all, I read what, what you wrote, and I didn't believe it. And then I saw oh. Pierre-Luc, I didn't, I didn't want to believe it. You know what yeah. I mean? I didn't want to believe. I do. Okay, you, you know I don't need to tell you how great of a job you guys do, but no, I, I just did, I didn't want to believe what you you know I what I was hearing as a fan. Listen, I'm an alumni. I'm a proud part of the organization, but I'm a I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of what goes on here with the, the players and, and and what happens. So when Pierre Luc Dubois signs, and then I read this, I really don't know what to think. Now yeah. I watch practice. I watch his pre- post uh, practice or his media. Um, moments and I thought well you know this this he didn't deny it and now I'm sitting in a position where I'm not happy I'm a little bit upset with what I'm hearing so uh, now as camp goes on and I watch Dubois I love him on the ice I love him in the middle of the ice I think he's being pushed by Domi to be uh, you know I I hear conversations that oh he's not a number one on a, a better depth team I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think this guy has not been pushed into number one. He, he pushes himself. He's pushed by his coach. But to be pushed from within, he's a number one centerman. He's great. But as a teammate, to answer your question, how do they handle this? I think it's two ways. I think at first, they're kind of 
maybe I'm thinking this is my opinion personally. At first, I would be a little bit resentful. I would be like, you know what? In the moment before we put our gear on and I hear in this, it's like, come on, man. You know, come on. What is going on? I don't know if I would say something to him or I'd wait to do something, you know, maybe talk to him, practice on the ice or, you know, have a beer or coffee, whatever. But I would have a little bit of resentment. And when I I would want to see how he acts on the ice, because at the end of the day, there is a business part of this that the new NHL uh, young and up and comer player, I'm not giving him a pass, but there's a business side of it. They handle differently than it used to be in the past. And it's public and it's knowledge and it's just how it is. If I watch him on the ice and I see what he's been doing, I'm fine with it. But it would take me a week to get to this point to be like, all right, you know what I mean? I'm not happy what I'm hearing. You just signed a nice contract. You've been here for a while. You're part of the future. What are you doing? And then I see him on the ice giving it all. I'm like, okay, business aside, I like what you are and what you're doing. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So now, I, I've, I've been staring at him almost like uh, over the top <laughs> during camp. And I, nothing jumps out to me other than he, he's playing his ass off from what I can tell. And he's practicing hard. I've not noticed any any change in that. But let me ask you this. Again, player's perspective. Everyone wants to know why. And I, I've thought my way through this. There's so many. Until he says why, I'm not going to go with what, what I think is why. Because that's a touch reckless. It could be this. It could be that. Whatever. I'm not sure that the player's ever in a position until he's gone, until he can say why, because it's it's not going to point him, it's not going to paint him in the best light. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, could yeah. the player say, this is why, without it getting even uglier? I don't think we need to know any more about it. That's that's my personal thought. <laughs> I'm exactly yeah. with you. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think so. I don't think there needs to be anything more said about it. I think actions in this case – Speak louder than words. If you're watching that practice, you know, there are mo- when he is in, when he is on and in a play, he's, he's Dubois from last year in the playoffs, maybe even a touch better. There's a little yeah. more fire there. When he's yeah. away from the, uh, when the drill is stopped, he looks to me like a kid on a, in a play yard. His mind drifts quickly. That's what I, that's my observation. I'm not sure if you see it too. Maybe I'm overlooking it, but I looking at but I look at what you're seeing, uh, how much you're watching him, and I feel the same way. I'm interested in watching body language. I want to know what his message is to his teammates when he's not in, in the play. What his message is to his coach and his message message to us that are watching. And you're right, there's not much there, but you know, is he is he drifting a little quicker than what I thought he would or what he would if he was totally engaged? Maybe. But again, maybe I'm just watching a situation too closely. Jody, that is actually, I I love, for people who don't know, I've told this story before. When I have questions about the game, I'm always like, Jody, is this right? What do you see? (laughs) Um, And and, and one of my favorite moments is is watching when Artemi Panarin came to Columbus and, and, and hearing you react to see how he plays. You just mentioned what you watch with Dubois and you shared some of your initial takes on, on some of the new guys and, and, and Domi and players like that. 
What do you look for when you're watching these practices? Do you like to single out a player? Are you looking for how they fit in the team? If you were to tell someone listening to this, aside from taking in the game, of course, and all the energy and excitement, how should one watch a player, whether it be a new player or an existing player? What are things that are important for your eye to catch when you're watching these guys on the ice? Well, it's a great question. And and I, I mean, for me personally, you know, I love the initial, um, we all love the initial excitement of the first interview with the players and what we see and how they answer the questions and how they're excited to be here. And I always love the first, you know, week or two weeks of the player on the ice where, you know, it's just the informal skates and everything's great. But I like watching like, you know, after the third day of camp and, you know, when you're in the drill and, you you know, you're not scoring the goals that you want to score. Or let's take Domi, for example. You know, Atkinson uh, thinks or wants him to be or is excited that Domi is a passer, okay? So you watch Domi for the first two practices, and he's overpassing the puck. He, he is mm. trying to find camp, but he's trying to please his teammates, his new teammates. He wants to fit in. He's going above and beyond to have conversations, compliment, and – with words, but also compliment camp. You know, he wants it to work really bad. And I like that. I like the conversations he has with people he doesn't know. Uh, the interaction in between drills where, you know, he's chatting with Jared Bull, who's an assistant coach, or he's talking to a goaltender. I don't know. I, I don't know if you call them intangibles, but it's just a, a real effort or a genuine likability to fit into your new group. I, I, I just, I think that there is a uh, something to watch there. Or is it a guy who just stands by himself, doesn't interact, mm. uh, is shy maybe? You know, there's there's layers of personality, I think. I don't know if I can – and, Allison, you mentioned the key point of our job uh, moments ago, going in the locker room and confirming what you're seeing on the ice by how they interact off the ice, how they interact, interact with uh, the media personalities, the trainers, uh, the veterans, the rookies. You know, those are all things that I think – I think it's a package deal. You know what I mean? But if we're just watching mm-hmm. practice, it's the extra effort for me to uh, not cruise when the puck doesn't when the puck bounces off your stick, or uh, set an example of um, you know being dedicated in the drill that you're doing. They're just they're just things that you're like, wow, that that's. I even did it yesterday. So with my son and I, my, I coached my son who's 12, and we watched the uh, he plays at A, and there was a double A practice afterwards, and we just sat on the edge of the boards, and I was loving his assessment of some of the players and I thought you know this guy looks like he has a good attitude and then he would tell me something or I you know this guy looks like he plays hard and he would say yeah but you know just an interesting view of it's just those things that you know we all watch the goals the staves the passes but all the stuff in between and I think Torx does a lot of time watching this too is how they carry themselves after a drill after a goal after a uh, errant pass just just the things that uh, you know everyone kind of watches when you have that moment that's awesome. You mentioned Domi and, and Atkinson, and, and a lot is expected of both of those guys. It, are you seeing signs that that's going to be a good collaboration? You mentioned you know, Domi kind of trying to please Atkinson. Atkinson, we know, is, is always hungry for the goals. How do you see that line playing out? Do you think that's the right setup for Atkinson and also for Domi to, to prove his naysayers that he can be what he says he can be? Well, if you look at a line, it's got a great mix of, of grit, experience. Uh, I think he gives that line a little bit of juice. I like that word because you know what I mean? Like there's, mm-hmm. the, you know, they had uh, Atkinson had Panarin and Dubois, Panarin moves on. 
Uh, Atkinson, it's been moved around a little bit. Now this new guy comes in who had a, a down year last year, but still had a great year, who yeah. wants to be a passer, who's in the pivotal position, uh, wants to be the number one centerman, it sounds like, kind of feels that way. I think it's a great line. I think it'll work. I mean, is it going to work right away? Let's hope. That would be ideal. Uh, but I think there's a simpleness that, that uh, Domi needs to play with, too, that is one of his key attributes. Because if he's always looking for Cam, he's going to take away from some of the opportunities he has. And I think towards the end of camp, uh, we saw him on the power play just shooting the puck. And I think that mm -hmm. settles things down for him, too, instead of thinking, i got to get this puck to Cam. So I think it's a great – I think it's a good fit. You know, I think – I still think the top line is a Dubois line. I think Bjorkstrand is – is uh, got a got a quietness to his game that is awesome to watch because he's he's now confident in what he's got to be and I think Dubois drives it. Um, so you know, but I like I really like the Domi mix. I think that there's uh, some admiration between Domi and Atkinson for each other. We we know that in scrimmages and and perhaps in camp that it can be defense optional <laughs> sometimes, yeah. and you can't look at those you can't look at those scrimmage scores and and take a ton ton away, but. Um, I'm a big word person. Torts is a big word person. He's talked about finding the words to describe a new openness or a new maybe offensive mind to this team without losing their identity. Have, have you seen signs of that? Do you think this group is going to be able to find that balance between maybe loosening the reins but still being responsible? I think so. I, I, and I think it is. I mean, if you think of defense, it's structure. Defense and penalty mm -hmm. kill. And why penalty kill is uh, – a lot of times successful against power plays because it's structure. It's very disciplined in structure. And then the other side of that is power play is take what you're given, use your skill and try to find that play that's open. Uh, so, so, so the creativity, I think the players have the creativity. Can they find the space and can they allow themselves to do it? In other words, uh, you can probably see the coaches get out of their way. You know, we've heard torch use that. What a great term. You know, we mm -hmm. got to get out of the way. You know, you don't want them thinking. And, and, and really, that, that is a, uh, that's a testament to the skill that they have. So hopefully Domi can open up some of that. Uh, you know, to me, Texier, Bjorkstrand, um, you know, Greg Arenko is a guy that we haven't seen, but he's got something to prove and he's full of skill and hard work. So I, to answer your question directly, yes, I believe that they have got the skill to be able to open up. Uh, and, 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 you know, when you're on offense as a centerman, uh, part of your brain is thinking defense. Okay. That's why I think it's good for Boone Jenner to be on the wing mm -hmm. because it frees him up. He doesn't have to think, okay, I got to be back to help here. Or what if that guy gets the puck? I got to get back. Now he's a little more offensive minded. Maybe the centerman with the, with the goalie position being solidified and the defense being so good, maybe they can hang out and maybe they can uh, play a little, with a little more risk. Uh, that's just an example of, uh, part of freeing up these players and being able to enjoy, I guess, the offensive zone. Jody, at this point last season, I can't say last year because it really wasn't, but at this point last yeah. season, the concern was the goaltending. Right. And I remember, I remember saying and 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 thinking that it was going to be okay, and it was okay. <laughs> I got lucky on that one, or or maybe Good I kind of know what I'm maybe I kind of <laughs> know what I'm talking about a little bit. I kind of feel the same way about goal scoring this year. Like, like I feel like Domi's going to impact not is going to make an impact not just by himself, but he's going to help Atkinson. I think he's going to help Felino. I think he's going to help Jenner by letting Jenner go back to the the wing. I think they're going to be okay offensively. I think they're going to be. 
I think they can be middle of the pack in the NHL offensively. Am I crazy? No, you're not. And I, and you know what I like about it? There's a little bit of, uh, I'll call it contagiousness with it. Okay. If you, you and Allison and, 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 and uh, we're on the same team, the three of us, and I watch you go out and I know you haven't scored in four games and you know what? You get the goal and you get another one and you get another one the next night. You feel good. So guess who else feels good? I feel good, but also I want to do what you're doing. I want to score. So there, you know, there, there's a bit of infectiousness with that, with, uh, the power play has success. We all feel good. You know what I mean? We got the win because sure. of the power play. So, so one goes with the other. And I think you're right. Jenner gets going. Uh, he scores the goal that wins the game. But Allison, you know, she didn't contribute in three games. It covers that up for her. It takes the, pr- <laughs> it takes the pressure off her a little bit, right? You, you understand what I'm saying? So that, yeah. you know, three games from now, okay, we didn't need that. But here she is. And she scores. So it's like, okay, you know, she's going now. So you got to have that little bit of ham and egg, and I think that's what they have. We've seen streakiness from Cam. We've seen Bjorkstrand hit, it's either hit the post or score a goal, and there was a stretch last year, I think it might have been 10 or 12 games, where he hit the post. You know what I mean? He just is awesome. that close yeah. to mm-hmm. scoring. So it's like, you know, I think that it, when that when you get the win and someone else has done it, it gives you, it allows you to relax. Or someone else scores and you have the lead, then you can relax. So there's a bit of there's a lot of team play with this team, and I think the scoring is it's they say by committee. Now it's become just an overused term, but when you look at this team, uh, we've talked about it for for this is a sixth season with Torts. It's been the same thing message from the start, and now scoring by committee. If you really look at it, we understand it that yes, Jenner on the wing may help that depth will help that. Uh, you know, then you've got Warensky as a threat when you do have well, you put out. Uh, Domi, Atkinson, uh, and you have Wrensky on the point with Jones. Who are you going to cover? I mean, you cut really. I mean, there's really a handful there. So this is a good spot for the scoring. I think the confidence off them, some of these guys like Wrensky, is really going to help. Uh, the, no, you're not crazy. That was a long-winded answer, but I got to yeah. it. No, you're not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm strangely comfortable with it. And I look at this division. Let's talk about their, the division they're in for a second. They're back in the Central, if only for a year. Uh, with some some old old as new teams again, Chicago, Nashville, Detroit are teams that, that the Blue Jackets came into this league uh, as division mates with. So it's Chicago, Nashville, Florida, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Carolina, Detroit, the other teams in the Central with with uh, Columbus. Everybody is is it only makes sense that Tampa Bay is going to win the division. Can you argue that, Jody Shelley? I can a little bit. I, I, can you? I think I think yeah. Well, I. Personally, I, I think the Blue Jackets are going to win the division. And wow. Yeah, I, I think that they have the most to prove. I think Tampa uh, has the cup, and you know I think they feel pretty good about themselves. They do have an injury in the, one of the best players in the world, Kutra. Yep. Um, they do have a great goaltender, but you know what I mean? It's going to be a tight schedule. I, I don't know. I, I like the Blue Jackets the way this short season uh, is coming at them the way that they understand what they are. And I feel they have a lot to prove. Listen, Zach Wierenski does not know what it's like to not be in the playoffs, along with Bjorkstrand. Yep. Uh, they've won a championship in a minor league level. They, they're they just hockey players. They, their contract's up. They sign a new deal. They put on the jersey. They want to play hockey. And right now they're going into hockey. They're, they're in Nashville as we speak, getting ready for tomorrow night. Um, they're ready for business. And I think that, there's an attitude with this team that I think will get them some extra wins that uh, 
I think with those surprise, that's funny for me to say this, but I think those surprise teams. And uh, my favorite thing about the Blue Jackets is every team knows going into the game, and when they leave, they're like, man, they are hard to play against. So it's uh, mm-hmm. something to be proud of. Yeah. Who's the team in this divi- in this division where you go, man? I don't know what to expect. I've got a couple of them. Yeah, there Dallas, are a couple, aren't there? Yeah. I don't know about Dallas. I don't know about Nashville. Nashville feels like St. Louis did to me a few years ago, where you just want to think that's probably over. But I don't trust my gut there with them that they're done, and I don't well, know what to expect with Dallas. Dallas again? Are you talking about a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals? I mean, and that, and that, I know. that, that says a lot. And I'm with you yep. on that. I'm totally with you on that. Sagan is out. Uh, Bishop, where's, where's his status? What's he going to do? Uh, Hudobin, I mean, I mean, there's a guy that came out of nowhere and really seemed like he was the glue of the team. Is it still there? Um, for me, Nashville is that team. But then I think of John Hines. I really have a lot of respect for John Hines. He's a young coach. Uh, he's a no-nonsense guy. He's kind of this, this Sullivan torch kind of elk. He's from Rhode Island. You know, he's an East Coast guy. I think, I think that if the veterans buy into what he's trying to do, maybe they can get it going. But I don't know about their goaltending. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. Pekka, uh, I don't yeah. know. Pekka's been on the back back burner for a while. And Soros, he's a little guy in a 56-game schedule. Is he their horse? So, I, I, you know, and I hate to say that. I love Pekka Rennie. We've known him forever here in Columbus. Uh, you know, he's been the guy for most of that uh, rivalry. Uh, but for me, I would say Nashville is that team. I don't know. Uh, what you're going to get. A lot of people like Carolina. I don't know. I love the way they play. I know <clears> they, they put up some great stats. To me, they're goaltending. I still, Mrazic, to me, I just can't. I don't I don't know about it. I just, yeah. I, you know, we'll see. Well, it's, it's funny to me because I've said it myself. The two Stanley Cup finalists are in this division. And I, I've said it. Other people have said it. That's the weakest division in the, in the league this year. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. The two finalists. Are in it. The one thing that stands out to me in this shortened season, this season is like two thirds as long as the normal season. It's four months long. Um, the streak, Columbus went eight games last year without a point or without a win, sorry. They started 15, 14, and six. I'm not sure you can do either of those and get away with it in a, in a year that's quite this short. Like there's just not, you can't, you can't shoot 12 over par in a four hole stretch and make up for it somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, you're, you're right. I mean, and, and when the holes are running out, you know what I mean? And we've seen it with the Blue Jackets down to the wire. It's not fun. I mean, it's not. It's fun because you're on a run and you're on a tear. But making up drama. ground, you know, re- making up ground is not the way to control your. You just got to you gotta make decisions because you're in a position where you have to do this. You have to play injured. You have to play this goalie, you know. You don't want to be in that situation if your plan is to win the Stanley Cup because you're going into the playoffs. Um, well, and I say that, but then I think of teams that have that have just squeaked in and got Philadelphia in 2010. They squeak in. They go right to the Stanley Cup finals. You know what I mean? So, yep. yeah, I, I don't know. You do want to get hot at the right time, Porty, but you're right. You fall too far back, it weighs you down too much, and, and especially in this season, um, it's not going to happen. So I kind of talked myself out of that, I guess. My initial <laughs> <laughs> Jody, in a year where we did not necessarily see a ton of PTOs for a ton of reasons, Michael Delzato comes in, joins a camp, gets a deal. 
What, what do you see from him, and, and why does he make this team stronger, in your opinion? Well, you know, Ryan Murray was an excellent defenseman when healthy with the Blue Jackets, and mm-hmm. I look at that as a luxury. I mean, when you looked at Ryan Murray in the five-hole uh, on this team and we watched him play, he was really good. But he was a veteran mm-hmm. guy who's, you know, who, who understand what he was, and, and there was a lot of no-nonsense with him. Uh, I, like, I like Michael Delzato. Um, a young Michael Delzato made mistake after mistake and drove towards nuts, but Torts has a, a love with him. Mean, there's a love between both of them. And, you know, it goes back to the Rangers. I was there in 2010 when, when those two guys were, were going at it, uh, and, and it was great. And, and for it to come full circle, uh, great for Michael Delzato. Guy's got a Stanley Cup. Uh, he's a veteran presence. Torch knows what he's getting in them, and it's something the Blue Jackets need and a little bit of offensive swagger. Um, so I think it's a nice fit. It's a smart pickup, and good for Michael to come back with a coach who was hard on him, uh, but to realize that later in life he's be able to reunite and help his team uh, in Torch's team, I think it's a really uh, nice story, and it says a lot about the character of Del Zotto. Jody, I don't know if you get this as much as maybe we do, because perhaps Porty and I spend way too much time on Twitter. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, even even with this Dubois no- news, it was you know, oh, see, Torts, it's everyone hates Torts. But as you said, I mean, it's hard to find a player who, especially in hindsight, really complains about him as a coach. Do you find that the national perception is finally starting to realize what torts is all about? Or are we still kind of in a defensive position when it comes to explaining that torts isn't the torts of YouTube and years ago your? No, I, that's the greatest thing about torts is because we, we do not want to let that go because that's him. Like deep down, like he's changed, but deep down the passion mm-hmm. is there to be that, to do that. You know what I mean? To stand up for his, te- his team. I think the markets yep. he's been in understand them. You know what I mean? The, the, you'll, yeah. we, we all talk to the media, uh, the, the people in the media. Uh, to me, Allison, when the Sedins came out and endorsed him, uh, yep. it, it just blew me away because I didn't really hear them say much uh, one way or another on anyone. Torch wasn't there a long time, but he made that much of impression to endorse him for this job and for what he is and what he's about. It really... It really spoke volumes. And I already knew, already knew Torts, and I already have my opinion. I already loved him. But uh, I think we still do offend, defend him because I don't think people want to let that go, that he is that character that we love to watch, hold people <laughs> accountable all the time. And it's, uh, it's something – that's his strength. That is his strength. And he doesn't do it because he's not doing it to try to make people happy. He's doing it to win and make people better. Uh, and I don't think you appreciate it until later in life. And that's uh, – there's many examples of that, to your point. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we were talking about this before we hit record, Jody, but you know we're lucky to have you. Usually this time uh, before game day, you're on a plane yeah. with, with this team, and, and, and that's not happening this year. What, what is your take on, on how you're going to tackle your job? And, and, and we were talking, there's some pros and some cons to maybe not being on the road. Just just where are you at with that whole experience and, and what this world is like right now? Yeah, and, and, you know, let's talk about the division. Nashville, Chicago, Tampa, Florida. Oh, it'd be nice to, you know, <laughs> I heard the groan there, Forty. Uh, yep. Yeah, but all kidding. I mean, I'm just kidding, of course. It's, I enjoy, you know what, and, and not to, I don't want to pump it up too much, but um I enjoyed doing the broadcast from the monitor. Now, listen, I love being in the arena. I love being around the players. I love traveling to the city. I love warm-up. I love being there to, to see the opposition fans. 
get the feel of the building, get those stories. But if I'm on a monitor and I'm doing it, I like the fact that I am watching what the fans are seeing. I feel like we're watching mm. it together. You know what I mean? Whereas when I'm at the game, I'm not totally in cue of what, we're, what you're seeing at home. So that aspect, I enjoyed it. You know, um, it's less travel. For, selfishly, for me with a young family, it's great. Uh, so I think to the point of my career where I'm at, where I'm at, making the most of it, enjoying it, I'm in a good spot. Um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I did not miss getting on the plane today, uh, even though it would have been to Nashville, which is a great spot to visit. Uh, no, I'm good at being home, being able to do this and have dinner with my family and, and we get prepared in a different way. Jody, how many seasons is this for you in the broadcast booth now? Isn't this the seventh? I mean, I retired in 2013. Wow. Wow. I think I did radio the first year. I believe this is the seventh. Yeah, wow. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> We're coming up on your 20th anniversary signing a contract with the Blue Jackets, by the way. Oh, wow. Whee! That's right. 20th year 20. with the Blue Jackets. What a great... Uh, well, I mean, what a great year. I mean, this is... Uh, you think back, and I've seen some of the personalities, and I've talked to a few of them. And what, what a bunch of characters we've had in there. Some great people we've been through here. Yes. And how about Jeff Sanderson? His son now is knocking on the door of the National Hockey League. Young Jake spent time here in Columbus, and uh, he wasn't very old. But, boy, that uh, talk about uh, time flying and some good memories. Uh, a lot of good ones with Sanderson and company here in Columbus. Have you seen the kids skate? I have, yeah, just on TV, but wow. Huh? Looks like daddy. <laughs> not as he choppy. He can fly. <laughs> yeah, he can fly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not as big a pain in the ass for the training staff. <laughs> I think Jeff would have liked the uh, the technology of the equipment nowadays. I think he would have had <laughs> Probably. Less, less finicky, maybe. <laughs> so no, nobody had more work done on their skates as Sandy. That's what the, everybody No, and said. he had a different stick for each period. Did you remember that? It's unbelievable. Yeah, he would cut it at a different, different length. He said by the third period, he was bent over more. Wasn't that the reason why? <laughs> spectacular. It's yeah. spectacular. All yeah. I know is the guy popped in 30 a couple of times in Columbus. Oh, so he was he a must great blue jacket. Fun to watch. Oh, he was a great player. Yeah. He was. Good times. Jody Shelley, thanks for being with us as always. This is my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And uh, hey, we're knocking on the door of this uh, 20th season of Blue Jackets. So yeah. my pleasure. Keep up the great work, guys. Awesome. Puck drops Thursday in Nashville, 8 p.m. Blue Jackets Predators, just like the old days. Uh, Blue Jackets Woo! open their 20th season, and uh, we will uh, we'll keep uh, cranking here. Thanks for listening with us. Thanks for being with us, and we will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much. Take care.